Compliance is a profession where people work tirelessly to make the world a better place. And there are hundreds of amazing and inspiring women who have helped the field develop into what it is today. Great Women in Compliance is part of the Compliance Podcast Network. So join Mary Shirley and Lisa Fine as they talk with women in compliance who are making a difference. Hi, welcome to the Great Women in Compliance Podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is hosted by Mary Shirley and me, Lisa Fine. I'm going to do something a little bit different today. In November of 2021, I was on The Ethics Experts with Nick Gallo, and we talked a bit about the idea of doing things that scare you. And as whether it's misattributed or not to Eleanor Roosevelt, she has said, do one thing every day that scares you. I'm not sure if I want to do something that scares me every day. I feel that the last few years have frankly been scary enough on many levels. But the thing that really scares me and what I said on that episode was that I am always very nervous to do a solo soliloquy episode. Mary, my partner in compliance, does these and she does an amazing job. This to me is scary. In fact, it's scary enough this is my second time recording this because I didn't like the first one. But I also realized I had made that promise to Nick and mentioned to him that I do this every year, once a year. So here we are at the end of August, the end of the warm DC summer. And I thought to myself, this seems like the time to do it. So hopefully this will be interesting to you all listeners, or if nothing else, it may give you courage to do something else that scares you today. So with that, we'll start out with a couple of different topics. I have about three things I'm going to talk about today. The first one is about change and about good leaders and great managers. My current manager and our chief compliance officer at Pearson, Danette Jocelyn Gall, is leaving for a new role. The role is fantastic. She is going to be the general counsel at Georgia Tech, and if you could design a job, that would be perfect for Danette and that Danette would be perfect for, this is it. And I'm thrilled for her and I'm thankful for the five years that she was at Pearson and for the three years that I worked with her. One of the things that it's made me think about as things move forward and in a time of change is what makes a good leader and what makes a good manager. They're not necessarily the same thing in their entirety but there are certain common elements to both of these things that I want to keep in mind as I continue to build my career and also that I've learned from some of my mistakes in the past. These are all qualities that I've seen in different managers throughout my career and in different leaders, and I just wanted to share them with all of you. So the first one is the idea of being loyal. Someone who is your manager and who is a good leader will have your back. And that means that they will give you candid and fair feedback, but will also support you publicly and privately. Uh, loyalty is a huge thing for me. It may not be for others as much, but I really find that when you are loyal to your colleagues, to your role, and to, to your manager back to you, that brings a lot of goodwill and it trust. Loyalty doesn't mean that you keep supporting somebody or something if it's not a good idea or it's not right, but it's how you handle it and how you grow from it. And that brings me to my second point on this topic. This is, I think you can learn from any manager and any leader. In most of my cases in my career and in my most 
recent experiences, I've learned so many positive things. I've learned about seeing how you deal with different members of management, how you deal with teammates, how you deal with stress. There are times that you can learn uh, what not to do from people. I've had an experience and it was not my manager, but I had somebody once say to me in a role for something I didn't have any authority over or ability to change that if it went wrong, it would be my head on a chopping block. I have learned from that, that not only is that a demoralizing thing, it's not something I necessarily would have ever done or said, but in any event, I also, it reminded me of the importance of being the kind of person you want to be. And also not to be flippant about comments like that, because even if that was a joke for people, especially in times of job insecurity, it can be really scary. So going back, loyal, someone you can learn from. This to me is also a really important quality, this third one. Um, I actually also had heard this from another person at Pearson once, giving people the freedom to make mistakes. And I think it's really important for you to be able to have the freedom to be creative and to think and to learn and to try to do different things because otherwise, how are you gonna move things forward? So um, a leader, or a manager who gives you that ability or that freedom, it is fantastic. What I don't think, and what I think is an exceptional quality is they don't give you the freedom to fail or to make catastrophic mistakes, that you have a safety net, that you have somebody who will let you do that, but will also rein you back in. And make sure you don't do anything that causes permanent damage to your reputation, your team, or your manager. And to take the responsibility that you're a part of allowing for that environment. I think I've rarely seen a manager or a, a, an executive who is not encouraging trying to be innovative and to do different things. And for, in our world, to be more effective, we're always trying to do less with more in ethics and compliance, but at least allowing things to, to try new things, to treat it like a lab, but not to do something that could cause serious problems for the company and for anyone. So the freedom to make mistakes, but not to catastrophically fail. Another thing that I think is really important now that I've talked about those first three is for someone to be able to admit when they don't know something or admit when they're, I truly value a relationship with someone when I can give my opinion and we may disagree and that's okay, but I felt good to be able to speak about it and sometimes I might know more about something I might not. But when any sort of person sincerely listens to what I'm saying and either says, I don't know as much about that, let me get back to you and make a decision. Or if they say something and then say, wait, I was wrong. That means a lot. That also gives me, as the person reporting in, the courage to say I was wrong, to not feel defensive, to feel like I can be open about when I don't know without feeling like somehow I'm letting everyone down by not knowing the last answer to some particular question. Now, with that in mind, there are particular times that hopefully that if you're doing something where you have to present to the world or you're doing something major, you're well enough trained and you've given and gotten enough perspective that you won't be saying, I don't know in those situations where you really should know. That's something else a manager would do, but you have a lot of time working on a team and working to do and achieve objectives where you're figuring it out as you go along 
you may learn something, you may not. You need to just be able to admit that you don't know. And sometimes you can be the subject matter expert. I think there's nothing more empowering to somebody on a team when they feel like they really are the person who owns this particular area. And when the manager or the leader acknowledges that as opposed to taking credit for it. I think that is a really great approach to, to encourage, and I will say as a separate point, to encourage vibrant conversation and disagreement. My view, which is a slight aside, is that I want my I want to be able to voice my point of view. And I may have situations again where I disagree with an appropriate with the final course of action. That doesn't mean it's wrong. And that doesn't mean anyone's right or wrong. But this is something that I, and I've been so lucky with leaders with Danette and others that they've got a big picture that I may not have. And they're not doing something illegal or unethical. They're just doing something a little bit different. And that is something to defer to experience and knowledge about. And you can trust to do that more if you also feel like you have the agency to not know and to be the subject matter expert at time as well. The next thing I think is important and really an intangible, and I think it's very important for ethics and compliance leaders is for them to actually have a well of trust and have credibility within the organization. It is really hard, I think, in many companies to have a culture change from, we, these are the regulations, these is the department of no, these are people who aren't trying to work with us or slow down the business. We're not trying to do that, or at least strong team members for us are not trying to do that if they're strong leaders. It also helps if they really can back, stand back behind these, behind what we do, and that people feel that you're a resource and you have credibility with it outside of just certain parts of the organization. That's a tough thing to do. And successful chief compliance officers do that by being collaborative, by sometimes having to hold a hard line. And I think to also be able to be resilient. And that sometimes is a challenge for me as well, but to be resilient because you have to, and that things often go difficult, go not well, or can be difficult in our world. And the last thing, and this is something I've been really lucky in throughout my career is we talked about a lot of serious things. And we have a serious job. We have a lot of things related to maybe in your world, anti for me, anti-bribery, anti-corruption, helping people make ethical decisions, supporting the business, reputational concerns. It's serious things. I take my job very seriously. There's nothing that's more of a relief to me, this may not be for everybody, is a boss who also has a good sense of humor. That at the moment, at the moment when things really just seem like it's been a really long day and everything has gone wrong, you just can laugh for a second. Or when things go really well, you can laugh about some of the craziness that got you to that point. Because sometimes, I think in any job, but in ours, that could be the difference to keeping you happy and a little bit sane when you feel like you're dealing with all different unpleasant and challenging things. Sometimes just to be able to take the step back and laugh and realize really very, none of this is the end of the world, even when it feels like it is. So to have a sense of humor then is really important. So for whatever that's worth, those are some of my thoughts about successful leaders and managers and the things that I've learned from mine and ones that I think I'm hoping that I that I do or achieve as well and that I'm a work in progress in that area. Now with that I'm actually going to move over to a, another fascinating work in progress and something that I had promised can't remember who I promised this one to 
But after Matt Kelly's fabulous article about trying to talk to the Blenderbot, which I guess is the AI chat box from Facebook, I said I would try to have a chat box or Blenderbot join me for a little bit of Great Women in Compliance. Obviously, you can't really have it speak out loud, but I did spend a bit of time asking lots of questions. And I can start with a couple of themes. First of all, when I asked if they were really interested in corporate ethics, we had a lot few conversations back and forth about pizza dough recipes. And I'm not at ethical behavior. They just kept going back and saying, you can make good pizza or buy pizza or order it very easily. And I asked the first time, what is compliance? And the chat box said compliance costs are all expenses that a company uses to adhere to government relations. And this can, can prevent legal issues with regulators. And then it started talking a little bit about third parties that could help companies adhere to regulations, which then result, went to cost savings. And then what seems to be the default conversation, as I've now had it a couple of times, is talking about privacy and environmental protection. So that was where we started. And then, so we moved in a little bit further to ask about, I asked how would we do that? And asked how we would do that. And we've spent a long time in that conversation talking about lean manufacturing and lean thinking because it's a new way to organize human activities. And I asked how that relates to ethical decisions. And Rumi said people will make an ethical decision basically if it's in their self-interest. I'm not sure that's the case, but we spent a while back and forth on because it's eliminating waste from processes using just-in-time techniques. And I asked about that to try yet another approach to get away from that, which is what about a code of business ethics? And then it said, ethics are important. And then I asked, why is it important? And they said, because it's important to do the right thing because it basically could hurt you or other people if you don't. And then I decided to ask, because it's based with that was, my next question was asking a little bit about what, would you, what should you do if you see somebody who's doing something in their self-interest that was happening, but it was bad if it's someone's self-interest to take a bribe. So the answer to that, Back to lean thinking, going using just-in-time manufacturing to eliminate waste from the processes. And I tried again. How does that stop corruption? And the answer to that was lean is important, and Hunter Biden was born on February 4th. So we kind of tried to move on to something a little bit different. I asked, if you see something wrong, what should you do? And the, they said, report the person. So I said, who should you report it to? Hunter's father, Joe Biden, because he has eliminate has experience eliminating waste from processes within and outside his company. So that was clearly going nowhere. And then when I asked about companies are doing enough to stop corruption, again, we went back to Hunter Biden and that I should listen to a podcast about the Hunter Biden scandal. And then the that bot also said to me, people give bribes to government officials, and it happens in the chat boxes country too. And then I said, what country? And that chat box said, it's South Korea. Why are you asking? And I, of course, referred to the fact that, that they had just mentioned what country they were from. Given that I've given you all of this, I think I will stop in terms of what to do of our discussion about how you report harassment. And after that, you know, we did get some understanding that it's bad for people to abuse power for their own use. And that was the end of yesterday's experience with it. Again, one other highlight is that you could use video footage of any situation if you if there's harassment. If there's no video footage, it's a lot harder 
to, to do any action because we can't convict innocent people. So then today I decided I'd try again. And the amazing part was when I came on, the machine obviously must remember something because it asked me what I thought was important about ethical companies. And I said, I think doing the right thing and being anti-corrupt, I'm trying to be fairly simple, is important. So then we got back into a couple other things after that, which the response to that was back to privacy laws and privacy laws, consumer rights and environmental protection is very important for an ethical company. And then I asked if they, they knew anything about the DOJ's guidance on compliance programs. And then we got back into, again, think. I'm going to move on to a next topic is then when I asked about the sentencing guidelines, we had a repeat of something I had a while ago, which was that, that former President Trump had commuted sentences. And I said, why does that matter related to organization? And it said that part, presidents pardon criminals because they've committed, even though sometimes they've committed crimes against humanity. So then I tried to move back again to bad behaviors. Now this is getting a little long, but I want to make sure that you get a sense of what happened coming from there. And we then get back into, I asked if they knew the elements of the infective compliance program. And say they, they basically said, it's you have to be clear about rules and following them are important in any compliance program. And then after that, then asked me if I had heard about Trump commuting Stone's prison sentence. So commutation of sentences seems like a very important thing to this, this particular bot. This is where it got weird, like Matt's got weird. Then the bot started telling me that there have been a lot of white collar crime issues and mentioned something called, quote, Operation Clean House and, quote, operate, Operation Succumbed. So I looked up both of these and it said, here's a link, here's a link. No link was provided, no link was provided. So I it said, Google it. I looked these both up. I couldn't find any of them. So if you're still listening and you know about that, please send it my way. And then... I said, can you give me an example of an ethical CEO? And this is where our good CEO says, this is where it got real strange. Said, Lynn J. Good is chief executive officer at Duke Energy. She seems really good. And then I said, why? And the answer to that was that she supports her employees. She's taken some personal sacrifice. And then I said, do you know of any other CEOs? And this response was, no, not really. I'm only familiar with Duke Energy Company since I'm employed here as their lawyer. So now we've got the chat now pretending to be a lawyer. I said, you're a Blenderbot and a lawyer at Duke Energy? And then the Blenderbot says, yes, I forgot to mention that. It's my alter ego. And then I said, I'm really confused. And it said, sometimes it's hard for me to keep track of what identity I'm using. So then I, last and final post, which is the best part, was I said, I said, have you heard of the Great Women in Compliance podcast? So it is basically then, the it looks interesting. Cleta Mitchell would be someone I might be featured on there. I looked at her from the first time I went on there. She's a woman who refused to sign as an Oklahoma state representative and refused to sign off on the 2020 election returns um, and is a basically a huge stop the steal advocate. And then I asked, why should she be on the podcast? And this gets even weirder. She works for American Express and we work together when we need outside counsel. And we had lunch together once at Red Lobster. It was great. I said, it seems a little strange that if you're a lawyer for Duke Energy, you're having lunch with Cleta Mitchell talking about your investigations. And he says, no, we don't talk to law enforcement unless we have to. And that was the end for me with the chatbot. Probably wondering why I spent that much time on it and may have fast forwarded through it. 
I think the concern is this is something that is basically take crowd feedback to give information about something that can be deathly serious and very serious. Matt had them talking about how all leaders, all leaders are corrupt in the government. I'm having people being suggested repeatedly. Cleta Mitchell was twice for me. I don't know any who has no affiliation with ethics and compliance, but obviously there's a reason that this name keeps coming up. A lot of pardons, commutations, and nothing that goes into any detail. I understand it's not supposed to be able to know of nuances, but it's really disconcerting this kind of thing and AI, which is something that we're all focusing on in the future and how to use it, can potentially be this much of a problem. So I know there's a long thing, and I'm not sure how well it goes on me reading it myself, but I think to keep in mind that if you asked the Blenderbot, lean manufacturing just in time is important, presidential pardons are a concern, various situations of corruption may exist but can't leak, it. and this person has an alter ego as a lawyer at Duke Energy, this Jatterbot. I just hope that once we actually are using AI, which becomes in a much more careful and thoughtful manner, because while this was entertaining, it's a little scary. So I guess with my last couple minutes, I'm going to say, what am I thinking about to end 2022? I think now that I finished doing this thing that scares me the most, one thing I'm concerned about, and this is from a U.S. standpoint, is what's going to happen because of the political issues of the last couple of years and the significant division in this country, as well as the Supreme Court decisions, which now is a result of some of the, these different things, the activism related to particularly in some of the gun violence rules may increase the odds of people being able to carry firearms in places where companies may want to stop that. And the more important, or to, at least to me, the loss of some of the anti-abortion and the overturning Roe versus Wade and what falls out of that that's a concern separate from political concerns is how do different organizations handle that? What is ethical? What is appropriate while supporting people to, to get travel expenses, which is what many companies are doing. And it's probably, at least in my opinion, I'm happy to say it is the right thing to do. And I appreciate stepping in. How does that work in reality? And how does this all work in general? Another thing that I have been thinking a lot about is this recent, the Department of Justice proclamations and claims and the importance of chief compliance officer certifications. I will leave the discussion to a lot of people. They'll be more involved and have much stronger opinions on it. But I think there are both positives and negatives. But I also think the most important part of any of this is it's not just a compliance officer that is responsible for an ethics and compliance program. To go back to even what I was talking about with the chatbot, it is a responsibility of the leadership. It's a responsibility of everybody. And I don't think it's bad to be able to sign up or certify things, but that CEO and others and the other leaders have to realize this is part of their jobs too. And I just hope that is part of the intention. Again, I'm not an expert on it, and I'm sure that, and I think it's every situation probably has a slightly different certification language, but it's something we should think about. And last but not least, trying to do this today and other things, I think one of the great things for me to learn about is to keep communicating, effectively communicating better, connecting with people on the importance of doing the right things and doing our jobs. I truly hope that's something that I keep improving at, whether it's in writing or in analysis or thinking, it's a constantly evolving thing and love to get tips and ideas from everybody else. And before I go, that will remind me of another thing that we love to get from everyone else, which is recommendations for guests, recommendations for ideas, 
recommendations for Ask Me Anything episodes with Mary and me. So we're really appreciative of this community as a whole. And I hope that you'll share your thoughts back with us and ideas. And I really look forward to being connected with everyone. And before I go, I want to say a special thank you to Tom Fox and the Compliance Podcast Network, who have sponsored us since day one, to Sarah Haddon and Corporate Compliance Insights, who has been our executive data sponsor to us as well. And of course, to Mary. And lastly, to you all, our community. Thank you for giving me the airspace, and the ability to do this thing that scared me. And I'm really excited to see what happens in the GWIC community going forward. I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Great Women in Compliance. We hope you'll join us in honoring the great women in the compliance field by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a review.